Welcome to the Reset Podcast with Kirk Elliott, PhD, where every week we integrate politics, economics, and legislation that will impact your investment portfolios and lives. In doing this, we can reset our expectations so we can invest with wisdom, discernment, and confidence. Sit back, listen, and learn as we go on the journey of navigating through the economic jungle together. We titled this episode, Uh-Oh, because Uh-oh. there's a lot of uh-ohs going on. You're going to find out more about that today, but we have solutions and answers, okay? And that's the key thing right Definitely. here. Got a guy that has not one, but two PhDs, wrote a book called Thriving in the Economic Tsunami uh, that we're all around. If you're tired of saying, uh-oh, and you want, oh, yeah, then let's have this episode with Dr. Dr. Kirk Kelly. Yay! Welcome. Welcome. Happy after weekend, I mean, <laughs> I, I was actually in your neck of the woods. Um, nobody really knew that we went, but we went to uh, Table Rock Lake. Oh, uh, did some, shoot. Did some fly fishing with Caden, and he went jumping off cliffs with his cousins, and it was really fun. Isn't that just the best place? Table Rock is one of the best places it's in the world. It's our favorite. It's near Branson's. It's God's, God's land, man. It's like yeah. the promised yeah. land right here. I was shocked. A, it was hotter than blazes. <laughs> yeah. B, it was more humid than like a tropical rainforest. <laughs> and C, the lake was like a warm bath. It was so hot. It was 80 degrees, the lake was. The lake was? Wow. Yeah. And then Lake Tanacomo, you know, the one that Oh, yeah, that's cold. Was like Ice. 58 degrees. Yeah. But it comes from the bottom of the lake when they open up the water from the dam. But the but the lake that you swim in, it's like, oh my word, this is like not even refreshing. Like it's so warm. <laughs> no kidding. Did you catch any fish? I caught three trout. Okay. Caden caught a trout and a bass. So I beat That's him. pretty cool. That's what every dad should do, right? Is That's what you got to do. As long as you can, yeah. you got to keep them humble. Yeah, there, it wasn't a competition until it was until I won. Then I said <laughs> exactly. it was exactly. That is a competition. <laughs> yep. Now we're now we're counting. Now we're keeping track. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's fun. Well, I'm glad you all went there. That's truly one of our favorite places. Well, people are tuning into this on a regular basis. I get good comments. I get a lot of text messages. Get a lot of emails of of. They're looking at the economy in an in an interesting way. I've watched uh, mentioned this last time we talked, but the the movie The Big Short. Um, I've watched it three mm-hmm. times in the last week. Um, Stacy hadn't seen it in a long time. We sat down and watched it again. Um, I, I feel like we're in one of those kind of places where everybody can sense there's a lot going on. You know, kind of like in the 2008 housing crisis. It's like all these indicators. You you look back now. You're like, how did everybody not know that? Mm-hmm. You know, and they kind of did, but nobody was really looking. This show and this interview that we get to do with you each week gives people an opportunity to sort of know those numbers to know what's mm-hmm. happening before it's headline news. And you see people walking out of buildings with boxes, of their belongings, crying, you know, that kind of stuff, because there's indicators that are predicting what happens. And so it's like, this has become like must watch TV, you know, uh, this episode with you each week. I look forward to it. But I know mm-hmm. a lot of other people do as well, uh, because you kind of cut through all the mess and say, here's what's happening. Here's why, but then here's what that will cause. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, so we try to do, I mean, economics can be confusing, right? And when I was taught at, in college, you know, and most of the kids hated their economics class, just hated it. I hated it when I was in college. I couldn't stand it. Um, <laughs> wow. So you try to make it exciting, try to apply it to real life. And then it kind of makes sense. And it's like, oh, 
this isn't hard, just makes sense. Because it, it, it just does, right? The ec- economics is a study of choice. For every choice, you're giving something up and there's a cost to that, right? Yeah. So, so this is what we have to realize when we're, when we're investing and everything else. It's like, okay, let's apply economics to it. It's not necessarily your gain or loss that you have on your investment. It's what is the gain or loss of something that you're giving up, your, your best foregone alternative, right? So if you start to look at all of that in its entirety, it brings on a whole new life. It's like, mm-hmm. what am I missing? And it's different than FOMO, right? The fear of missing out. Mm-hmm. It's truly legitimately the cost of you staying in something because you think it's okay when something else is could be much better or much safer and that's what we're trying to get across to people every single week, every single day that I do shows is, you know what? There's a time and a place for everything. These aren't the Reagan years. These aren't the Trump years when everything was just fine and dandy. Mm-hmm. It's a different world, right? And so some of the news that's coming out this week is really, as, as you look at it, probably the most ominous storm cloud for the future economy of the world that that. I've ever seen. Right. So, so I read this article on zero hedge by a guy from goldswitzerland.com named Matthew Pippenberg, I think is how it's pronounced. So he was talking about rising GDPs and rising interest rates. Right. And so how dangerous of a combination this is, and it truly is dangerous. So, so the Atlanta fed, the Federal Reserve Bank in Atlanta, they're kind of in charge. Every, every one of the central banks around the Federal Reserve Banks around the country um, track different things. Like the St. Louis mm-hmm. Fed tracks inflation. The one in Atlanta tracks the gross domestic product. They all have their specialists, right? So okay. they track the gross domestic product with the GDP now estimate. Um, and they estimated that the, the gross domestic product grew by 5.9% in the third quarter. And they're bragging about it, right? They're just bragging, bragging, bragging how amazing this is and how Biden's economy is is growing America. And, you know, this is good. And it's like, no, it's not. Because gross domestic product actually measures everything that we buy and sell as Americans that's produced in America, right? So mm-hmm. it's measuring the things that we buy at Best Buys, at Target, at Costco's, right? At retail prices. So- Gross domestic product then should actually equal, in reality, um, the inflation rate. And if it doesn't, it means that the economy is shrinking, right? Mm. So unofficially, inflation rate is somewhere between 50 and 20%. So that means gross domestic product should be growing by 15 to 20% Mm. if we're keeping up. But they had these lofty estimates that it's at 5.9%. It's like, and they're bragging about it. Say, like, look at how much this is growing. This is amazing, right? This is higher than it's been. We could even see an 8.9% surge in growth, right? Well, still, that's falling behind because it's not even keeping up with inflation. But people will say, well, isn't that a real number? It's like, well, it is a real number. However, um, it's a fake number in the sense of it doesn't tell you the full story because inflation is much higher than it. So we're actually stinking it up at that number, right? So- mm. So here's where the, the policymakers, and I'm, I'm not saying that, that central bankers are not smart PhDs, right? And that, that the heads of the Treasury departments are not smart people. They're very smart. I mean, smarter than I am when it comes to technical stuff, right? But, but they're stupid in, in application um, mm. and being nice about it because 
they believe that debt-driven growth is, is real growth. It's not. Debt-driven growth is not growth. It's actually like a slow death trap, right? So, so as I was reading through this, this, this research paper, it's like, man, this guy has it spot on because he said the answer to investing life rests in math, history, and the bond market. It's like mm. the bond market. It's given way too much credence to the bond market, but but he's he's not because here's where what should be the safest investment in the bond world ever? The U.S. Treasury bond, right? Because it's the bellwether bond. It's America's treasury. It's it's stable. We're America. We're growing. We've got all these jobs. We've got everything going for us, right? And even as the plan B, if we run out of money. Look what happens during the debt ceiling, right? The politicians say, well, let's just raise the debt ceiling. We'll print trillions of dollars. So the mm-hmm. U.S. bond should never default, right, in theory, because mm-hmm. they have a printing press. Well, that's mm-hmm. the problem. So when you're an investor, if you want something that, that's going to have a really high return, you should generally settle for high risk because there's, there's a risk-to-reward comparison. If you want something that's that's like no risk, well, you're going to have to settle for no return because right. you don't have to entice people right. mm-hmm. with a higher interest rate to invest. Like that's why the U.S. Treasury or the or the treasuries from any country around the world, Germany, Japan, whatever, have generally had a very, very low interest rate. In fact, the U.S. Treasury has been considered like a risk free investment for mm-hmm. decades. Risk free. Nothing's risk free. Right. Right. But but like we're a junk bond. You know, you know, the, the people that sell junk bonds like Michael Milken back in the day, right? It's like, hey, everybody got a deal for you. It's like this company's <laughs> probably going to go out of business nine months from now, but it's paying 15 percent. Right. So take advantage of the income while it's there. Right. So so you have to entice people with junk investments with a higher rate of return. So what's the deal with U.S. Treasuries? Their interest rates are going up. Doesn't mean that they're the safest investment in the world mm-hmm. anymore. So. So the markets are telling us, the bond market, which is really smart, is telling us sense. this isn't so safe anymore, right? And so we've got all this debt. We've got Fitch's, which is downgrading our rating. You've got our petrodollar status being lost. We have no built-in demand for our currency. So therefore, rates have to go up. It's no longer the safe haven investment that it used to be. But only in Washington, D.C., do you have people that think, hey, the best way to get out of debt is to add more debt, right? Yeah, so, only D.C. Only in D.C., right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's stupid, right? But but so <laughs> there's a saying in this article. It made me laugh out loud. It said debt-based growth is the oxymoron of, well, morons. So, <laughs> so the only person that would believe that debt-based growth is actually real growth because that's an oxymoron would right. be moron who wrote it, right? So – yep. So it, it's Good. just so funny. So there's this. Uh, so let's let's explain this tale of of the drunken stupid that they explain in this article. This is hilarious, and I'm going to put my own spin on. It. So okay. So let's just say, David, you're a frat boy. Okay. You go to college. <laughs> you're living in a frat house, and you got all your other you know fraternity brothers, and they're all frat boys too, and and. You're, you got this credit card from your dad and the dad's given all these rich frat boys the credit card saying, hey, this is your credit card paying for your college. Just do good. Right. So so what happens when the frat boys get the dad's credit card? First thing that they're going to buy is a bar. 
And then they're going to build a bar in the frat house and then they're going to stock it with all the top shelf liquor that they can find. And then that's not good enough because, hey, this is going to be a party house. Let's put in a big screen TV and a big party couch and we're going to just live it up on daddy's money. Right. So Mm -hmm. so then what happens? Well, they live it up so much that the grades start going from an A to a B to a C and they start failing. Then they get a call from dad. It's like, son, <laughs> um, what's going on? Uh, I'm cutting you off from the credit card. You, you got to just stop, right? And so this is what happens when you're using other people's money. It's like Washington, D.C. is the frat boy, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so they're printing money like there's no tomorrow because they can, because they have a printing press, and they keep buying all this stuff that they don't need. Stimulus plans, raising the debt ceiling, spending like drunken sailors. And now the rest of the world no longer wants what we've got. And they're forced to print their way out of it, right? Mm-hmm. So so what's the, the moral of that story? Once you get to that point of too much debt and rising interest rates, which is what we have, right? So we've got all this debt. The yield on the U.S. Treasuries is now going up with it. That is the kiss of death for an economy because you've got higher debt, higher interest rates. That's ultimately the slow death to the U.S. dollar. And I would say it's actually a faster death because the only way to get out of it would be to do what Trump was doing. Lower taxes or Reagan, both of them had very prosperous economies under their administrations. Lower taxes, lower interest rates and create jobs. You have to have a bigger boat, right? The only way you can get out of a debt spiral is to have a bigger boat where more people are working, paying their property taxes, income taxes, sales taxes, generating revenue for the country so they can afford all their debt service and all their drunken sailor spending. But without a bigger boat, you're not going to get out of it. And we're not going to ever have a bigger boat under this current administration and under the new rulings and administrative laws and, and social actions that are coming from non-governmental institutions like green climate change things and zero carbon emissions and central bank digital currency and cutting people off from buying or selling. None of that is solid economic growth. Mm. I mean, you all were telling me or before the show that, you know, you're seeing somebody Somebody in in Puerto Rico, a big podcaster, has the same truck I have, big gas guzzling mm-hmm. monster with a thousand horsepower. Right? It's like, oh boy. Um, but but I just heard this morning that BMW and one of the other German car manufacturers is really majorly concerned that within five years, gas cars are going to be outlawed in Europe. Right. So so what's going to happen to all this? I mean, mm-hmm. imagine the car manufacturers that are going to start to go out of business. Imagine everything that's going to start happening um, in in the global world that we're living in, where things that worked in the past aren't going to work in the present and aren't going to work in the future. Those kind of policies might clean up the the climate, maybe. But if if it were, if battery power were so clean, granted you don't have emissions and and mm-hmm. carbon, you know, and smoke coming out of pipes and whatnot. But but if it were so clean, then why can't you throw away batteries in a normal trash can, right? It's so right. toxic that you have to have some other way of disposing them because it's just so toxic for the environment. It's like, all this is a bunch of garbage, if you yeah. ask me. But all of that is economic contraction type things that we're seeing, which means we're not going to get a bigger boat. We're going to have a smaller boat. Right. And the frat boy DC 
is going to actually run out of daddy's money, which is our taxpayer dollars. And things are going to have to change. And things change dramatically for Americans because we are the reserve currency of the world. And it's about to change. And, and, it, and it is it rapidly. I want to kind of get into the solution and what people can do to protect themselves from that. But I also want to, on behalf of, of everybody on the screen, I apologize uh, just personally to all you drunken sailors out there uh, <laughs> for comparing you uh, to politicians in D.C. We, it, it's just a phrase. I don't know why that stuck. I don't uh, we don't we don't. We don't, we don't mean uh, to defame you in any way by that comparison. Yeah. I just wanted that disclaimer. So <laughs> what can... Dude, that is so funny. It reminded me, I did a show with Scott McKay once, Patriot Street Fighter, and he, and he compared Biden to, to uh, being as dumb as a rock. Well, the, the next week we did a show and he said, I need to apologize for something I said last week. And I was like, man, Scott's never apologized for anything. What's no. going on? What's up? And he said, I need to apologize to every rock out there because I compared you to Biden. <laughs> like, yeah. So bad. You don't want to get a bad email from Dwayne Johnson or somebody, you know, no. in that process. So, <laughs> That's right. so, so what can, you That's know, quick. so when people see this happening, it's like, okay, a lot of things in economics historically have always felt uh, somewhat irrelevant and, and very distant. Mm-hmm. Now, the things we're talking about now are very relevant and they're very close. Yep. They're impacting. I saw a picture this weekend that was going around on, on Facebook as a lady and it, she's in 1980 and she had a shopping cart full of groceries. The cost is $20. And it's like, you know, you, you could there's no way you couldn't buy 20 items for $20. No. You know, uh, you could, you could probably couldn't buy 10 items Mm-mm. for $20 alone of shopping cart full of groceries. And not so, even at the dollar store could you find 20 items no, for $20. No. They don't even do that anymore. The dollar store no longer has anything for a dollar. Yeah. So uh, these things are impacting people directly. What is the move and and, and how, how can they avoid it and then even thrive? Well, I mean, there's a couple potential solutions. One of them is, is what states are starting to do and, and establish state chartered banks that are backed by gold to get out of the Fed system, right? So to keep your money safe, you actually mm-hmm. have to have a new banking system. But to me, that's future tense, right? That's down the road. It hasn't really happened yet. So in the world of investing, you the only way to maximize your future is to maximize each and every day. That's the rule that I live by, right? So what's right here, right now, can't look to the future, can't keep hoping that a state-chartered central bank is going to come to be a safe haven bank. And, and what are banks around the world starting to do? Acquire gold yeah. by the thousands or hundreds of tons. So we can do the same thing that some of these big central banks are doing, but do it individually, just obviously at a smaller scale. We're not buying it by the hundreds of tons, right? But, mm-hmm. but we do the same thing that we're doing. And you can do that right now. You don't have to wait for a policy adjustment, legislative action. You don't have to wait for anything to happen. You just decide. It's like, okay, I'm going to do what they're doing to beat them at their own game allocate into silver, the same thing that we shout about from the rooftops every single week, because it's the only thing that makes sense. If it didn't, I would stop shouting about it, right? Mm-hmm. But or, or if there were other solutions and other options for right here, right now, we would talk about it. But to me, there's not. And here's the thing. I wouldn't even invest into gold right now, because as general rule of thumb, the only way for your money to outlast you rather than you outlast your money is A, to control your spending and make sure B, that your investment's growing faster than the inflation rate. The only thing right. that's doing that right now is silver, right? Not wow. even gold. 
I mean, gold's good. I'm not saying that it's bad. It's awesome. However, it's time is coming when well, that will ultimately outpace silver. But for now, we allocate into silver, take advantage of the high growth that we're seeing in the market, the safety, the supply chain disruptions, the low inventory, the high demand, um, and actually kind of beat the government at their own game, right? They're passing all this legislation for mm-hmm. solar yes. power and battery power. Silver is used heavily in those industries, yep. right? So, so let's just take advantage of those policies rather than them continually hurting us. It's like, ooh, what is needed for those industries to survive? Well, silver, right? So, mm-hmm. so allocate into the commodity that they will need for their own agenda to take place. And we can actually thrive from their own decisions, which most people are operating out of the state of fear and paralysis and mm-hmm. thinking, I, I don't know what I can do. I just don't know. It's like there's something that we can do that's really, really, really good and safe and will allow you to thrive. And that would be allocated into physical silver. Mm. That, I love it. And that's what the title of your book is, Thrive. thriving during economic tsunami. So I think that is so important. And if somebody's listening, Dr. Kirk, and they're like, man, I just don't have very much money. I mean, even if it's $500 to start with, that is a start. That is a way to bring your fish and your loaves and, hey, this is what I've got. This is a place to start. And you can always build from there. Well, one of the keys to wealth is consistency, right? So you have to start somewhere. Um, you know, like I watch Shark Tank a lot, right? And mm-hmm. so do you think Mark Cuban became a billionaire by just investing in one time? No, it's over and over and over and over again. So you just start with 500 and you do it for 500 again and 500 again. Before you know it, it's like, hmm, yep. wow, this is pretty mm-hmm. cool. Uh, let's do a thousand. And then before you know it, you have a lot of ounces that are acquired on small incremental purchases, just systematically every single time you can save up that amount do it. I wouldn't do it for less than 500. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really worth your time. Right. But mm-hmm. I mean, there's a uh, doing business. It's like, don't nickel and dime yourself to death right. on, well, on shipping, right? you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, and because the depository that we use, I mean, technically we could do less because they don't charge shipping, but I, I want to be honoring to them by us doing us a huge favor and shipping everything out for free to all mm-hmm. of our clients. I don't want them to lose money for doing a good thing, right? Sure. So right. like just $500 minimum in silver. Obviously, gold is like $2,000 minimum because gold's $2,000 an ounce. <laughs> right. really do less than that, right? But, yeah. but, but I'm not going into gold right now. I'm doing silver. So mm-hmm. and 500 would be the minimum. And I've got tons of minimum clients, right? That just mm-hmm. And I, I love that. And I love being able to take care of them, getting them in the right place at the right time. And we've also got billionaire clients, right? Mm -hmm. And everybody in between. And you know what? How they're allocated? The exact same way. Amen. Whether you're investing $500 or tens of millions because you're a billionaire, um, it's the exact same allocation. It's just a different amount. I love it. So family, you can go to flyovergold.com. Great information there. When you scroll down to the bottom, there's a place you can fill out your information. When you do that, someone from Dr. Kirk's team will get a hold of you to set up a free consultation. It doesn't cost you any money whatsoever. So you go to flyovergold to do that, or you can call 720-605-3900. Again, it's 720-605-3900. Do it today. You won't regret it. We never do. No, we are very you will thankful. Be, you will be pumped and you'll be like, wow, that was so simple. Yep. Very true. Dr. Kirk, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your expertise. Thank you for everything that you've done that's led you where you are today to be able to help all of us. We really appreciate it. Are you having a hard time sleeping at night thinking, what am I going to do about my finances? 
You know, times are really changing. They're changing fast. Let me give you a quick example of how. In 1920, if you had a $20 bill and one ounce of gold, you could go into any men's clothing store and buy an entire suit. Wow. You could buy the, the jacket, the shirt, the belt, shoes, the whole bit. Today, that $20 bill, what's it going to get you? Not much. Maybe the socks, maybe a <laughs> handkerchief, but the one ounce of gold could still buy you the entire suit at any men's store in America. That's the difference. That's what inflation does to your dollar. It's a deflating dollar caused by inflation. Now, today, that's happening faster than ever. You need somebody that you trust that can help get you out of a fake currency and into something that's going to keep you safe. And we know a guy that has two PhDs by the name of Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott. We have known him for over 25 years, and he's someone we completely trust. You need somebody that you can get a hold of, somebody that's going to be there for you to get back out of it, and then maybe back into the stock market, maybe back into something else when things settle down. But right now is not that time. You need somebody that you trust and somebody you can call and make those worries go away. That's exactly right. So you can go to flyovergold.com, fill out your information for your free consultation, or you can call 720-605-3900. Do it today. You'll be glad you did. Thank you for listening to Reset with Kirk Elliott, PhD. Every week, our goal is to increase your knowledge and help melt away any financial anxiety and stress that causes inaction. In any economy and with any presidential administration, there are things we can do to thrive and not just survive. Thanks for going on this journey with us. We look forward to our next time together on the next installment of Reset with Kirk Elliott, PhD. If you have any questions, call us at 720-605-3900 or simply email us at info at kirkelliotphd.com.